0: You're listening to Banal Leakage, Episode 98, Silenced But Legal. Well, getting, getting a bit behind again here. <laughs> uh, the original week for recording this uh, was supposed to have been Sunday, February 19th. It is Sunday, March 12th. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got, I've got a few episodes here, but... Nowhere near where I was last year. So uh, this, uh, so for this week, uh, we cover a lot of political stuff. Yeah, I know I'm. I really am trying not to do a lot of political stuff. It gets it gets annoying after a while. But uh, but uh, anyway, uh, but a nice positive, shameless plug. So with that, let's start the news. Milo Ianapolis has his upcoming book canceled. Loses his tech editor job at Breitbart News or Breitbart News. Uh, so yeah, so while uh, while Bill Maher is trying to claim credit for the start of the downfall of Milo, I think his ultimate downfall happened much earlier by Milo himself when he was a guest on a podcast called Drunken Peasants. Uh, back in uh, July of 2016. Uh, So on that podcast, Milo proceeded to defend older men having sex with 13-year-old boys, going so far as to support a form of child molestation as sort of a gay coming-of-age. A 16-year-old Canadian girl remembered hearing this podcast and got a story about it going viral. So after Milo's appearance on Real Time with Bill Maher on Friday, February 17th, this viral story surfaced and... Soon after, Milo's planned speaking engagement at the CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, uh, was canceled. Next up was Simon & Schuster pulling the deal for his upcoming book called Dangerous. yeah, (laughs) Aptly titled, I guess. Uh, So anyway, uh, Milo got a $250,000 advance uh, that was attached to that. Um, did he get to keep the advance? Uh, Every news story I've read about it doesn't say that they asked for the advance back. So maybe he maybe got to keep that quarter mil uh, for his hate speech and everything like that. So, and then, uh, yeah. So, and then his forced resignation of tech editor at Breitbart News. So, uh, the forced is something I put in there as I feel was pretty much the. Main people at Breitbart, whose hard edge right-wing and alt-right positions, were saying that the pedophilia supporter they employed was too much baggage. Yeah, Breitbart News, you know, evidently for, uh, for an ultra-conservative news source, we now found what is too far for them, so... Uh, On the subject of Bill Maher's hosting this vile guest, uh, his comparison of Milo to the late Christopher Hitchens uh, went too far for this fan. So, um, you know, I've talked about uh, other things that have bothered me, I think, in in previous episodes. You know, know, Jimmy Fallon normalizing Donald Trump. I don't watch Jimmy Fallon anymore. Um, You know, I, I, I... didn't really think he... I mean, I, I knew he was kind of funny. Um, now, Bill Maher, you know, is different. I've, I've seen Bill Maher live. I saw Bill Maher uh, here in Salt Lake City back on Saturday, February 11th, and loved the show. I laughed my ass off the whole time. So, um, am I still a fan of Bill Maher? Yes, you know, I'm, I'm criticizing him for what he did. I'm not going to drop my support for him completely. Um, I don't think he pushed Milo that far, you know? <laughs> I mean, you know... You know, I, I'm I'm still gonna watch real time with with Bill Maher on HBO. Um, I, I I I did make it a point to not watch the Milo interview live, so um, I I've since kind of caught part of it here and there. I he's just a vile guest, you know. I well, I, I he was a vile guest on Bill Maher, but I don't like him. He's he's just you know, it's not you know. I don't. I, I'm all for free speech and everything, but my God, you know, I mean. And it's, this is not has anything to do with for free speech, but I'm you know for people speaking their mind and everything, I don't have a problem with that. But uh, you know, I just didn't want to watch him. I, um, I did watch uh, the overtime uh, segment that they show on on YouTube, uh, where uh, guest other guests Larry Wilmore and Malcolm Nance laid into Milo's BS and told him to go F himself. So I'm trying to keep this podcast where I don't swear too often. But, uh, yeah. So So the idea that that the blind Milo supporters are ranting about his free speech rights being taken away from him are hilarious at best. Any private or public company doing business with anyone can rescind their offers of, of employment or you know, contracts or whatever that they previously made for any reason they see fit to protect their business interests. It's not free speech. You know, free speech violation is when the government silences you. That's pretty much, you know, there, there's more details to that, but that's pretty much the simple thing. There's no government silencing this Milo freak. So just companies he's done business with that. They don't, they're wanting to cut their ties because, well, they've, you know, while I, you know, I, I raised some questions about those that pulled their offers, you know, I mean, You know, as it appears that, again, you know, like Breitbart News, pedophilia is the the line that got crossed in the deal breaker, ignoring all the other vile and inhumane statements Milo's made in the process of an ongoing business dealings. Yep, so evidently pedophilia is it. You know, you you embrace pedophilia and you promote it and you you don't shun it. Uh, Evidently, that's what the line gets crossed for any business, you know, right wing or... Liberal or, or whatever it seems here. So, uh, for now, it's nice to see that a person like Milo has been given a, a fall that he was pushing for. Um, I'm sure that we've not heard the last of Milo, uh, which is unfortunate for anyone wishing that his disgusting words would be unheard for the long haul. So yeah, um, no more. I, I, God, I don't really want to talk about this freak anymore. It has nothing to do with his sexuality or anything like that. He's just a vile person, you know. I, I'll, I'll put him, I'll put him a little higher than uh, than Tommy Lahren, like I talked about a couple episodes ago. Fox News' Chris Wallace gets bold with Reince Priebus. Uh, so it started with Trump's tweet, uh, where he called the main channels, ABC, NBC, CBS, and newspapers like New York Times, uh, their, their news divisions, fake news, and that the press was the enemy of the American people. So Chris Wallace, who hosts a Sunday morning talk show on Fox, noticed that his station was left off the list. So he interviewed Trump's chief of staff here, Reince Priebus, to be on the show, uh, he wasted no time in grilling him on the subject of the of the tweet by Trump uh, by asking Reince if the president really does believe that a free and independent press is a threat to the country. After some back and forth between the two, Chris Wallace tells Reince that you don't get to tell us what to do, and you don't get to tell us what to do any more than Barack Obama did. So he mentioned how Barack Obama refused to be on the show until... Uh, towards the uh, the end of the political, or the, the campaign season and the election time. Uh, he mentioned how Barack Obama refused, uh, you know, and how he, you know, re- his refusal to be on the show, how he whined about Fox News, but Obama never once said that the news media was the enemy of the people, so it might have been the first time Fox News has lived up to its fair and balanced claim <laughs> by bringing together respect for a free press, you know, and... I you know un- unlike most most if not all of my conservative friends uh they they hate everything liberal they won't give li- anything liberal credit they won't give you know not even not even if if it's true or if it's a valid thing you know there's no credit given they hate everything liberal and it's it drives me nuts i mean a lot of my facebook friends uh friends in real life you know that they just cannot stand anything liberal i'm liberal lifelong liberal if i see some some good and even if it's on Fox News, which I don't watch, I'm going to praise it, just like I am now with, with this news story. You know, Chris Wallace gets kudos. You know, maybe he's not always good, but, you know, uh, for this particular one, my gosh, you know, he, he gets credit for, for challenging his own, for calling Trump on his BS, and, and for for this ridiculous tweet that he that he sent. So I wish more people on the right would do that, you know, the no the more the more we see it maybe you know the breakdown of of what's going on this craziness will uh''' we'll, we'll start getting uh you know we'll start seeing it more often than not Jewish community centers getting bomb threats so not too long after Trump took the office of president, we started hearing reports of jewish uh, community centers getting bomb threats so as of february second uh so this is uh, well over a month now um there were at least 13 Jewish community centers that had received bomb threats. These threats were made via robocalls and real people uh, all via the phone. So evacuations happened. Law enforcement got involved. Uh, for the most part, within a, with a few mentions, these bomb threats were never taken seriously by Trump or his administration. You know, uh, push, 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 push. Oh, finally, he does mention something some weeks later, you know, I mean um so you know some even so th- th- this part really gets me though some even went as far as to suggest that the jewish people were the ones making threats against their own centers <laughs> are you kidding me <laughs> so unbelievable that a suggestion like this would be made but given the lack of support for most people then who they seem you know they deem credible I'm actually not surprised by this assertion uh, by the administration. Fortunately, they have only been threats so far, with no actual bombs found in in any of the in all the incidents reported. So, um, I really hope that uh, you know that this gets taken seriously by uh, many people, not not just those of us that are uh, regular citizens. So, let's move past all this hate. This week's rant, uh, I've said it a couple times during the news stories here, um, the use of yelling fake news for anything you don't agree with. So this should tell you something about the general level of intelligence of a good number of Trump supporters by their social media responses to anything they do not agree with. Facts do not matter with these people, as it is painfully obvious that even the most obvious tweets and Facebook posts are met with rigged or fake news or sad mimicking their orange leader's tweets to anything he doesn't like there's hardly any logical replies by by those dedicated to defending trump every step of the way i expect that if a statement such as skin is mostly water were made there would be immediate denial and a fake news reply uttered with i'm sure a virtual pat on the back from the from the other supporters Makes me sad to see this complete disregard for any type of fact, especially if it's mentioned by a liberal person. Yep, I just mentioned, uh, um, you know, as a lifelong liberal, I try and keep an open mind from for, uh, for anyone, regardless of party affiliation. And fact-checking what I'm reading before responding with a one-word babble of nonsense. So I fear for our future when we have millions that hate facts and blinding support for an ignorant elected official. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you know, they don't even question the things. They, they're they not even properly questioning things. They're just like fake news and, and rigged and bad and fake and sad. and uh, God, I, 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 and I know some of these people that do the same thing, you know. And they're intelligent people. Some are ed, highly educated. How the hell did they fall into this crap? And, and you know, I, I, I don't get it. So, people, be more intelligent. Stop just randomly shutting people down by, you know, it's it's kind of the, the, the almost like uh, putting your hands in your ears and go, nah no, nah, no, nah, I cannot hear you, no, 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 no. So, big news needs to go away. This week's shameless plug. Uh, I made a short film for a local film festival. So, the title of this short film is called Stalled 2. It's three and a half minutes long. Uh, it was a remake from a Shorter uh, video, uh, which was one minute long, that my daughter and I made back in September of 2007. So almost 10 years later, we decided to enter uh, the X96 Radio from Hell film, film Festival. So X96 is a local alternative radio station. Radio from Hell is a morning show that's been around for a long time. <laughs> uh, well over 20 years now. Um, and uh, anyway, so th- this is the second annual show that they had, which they dubbed uh, number two. So uh, so anyway, uh, so we ended up uh, recreating that film in, like I said, longer form. Uh, this one was three and a half minutes long. The original was one minute long. Uh, it comes from a real-life thing that happened to me uh, many years ago, uh, back when I was in a grocery store bathroom and, uh, you know, shopping, and I had to go, so... <laughs> And so I got into the stall and started uh things happened and there was no toilet paper in the stall. So so I uh I I looked up the store's number. You know this is before internet on phones. So so obviously I did like a 411 call or whatever. Um I called the store and had someone bring me toilet paper. Yeah, that's, it really happened, yeah. <laughs> So the original film, uh, back in October of 2007, was shown at the Trio Film Festival in Hollywood, California, at the Roosevelt Hotel. Um, I uh, I attended this with my wife, and uh, so the the newer video didn't win. So uh, back in the day, it was nice to see, you know, the short little film. You know, I mean, that kind of led to a lot of what I've, things I things I used to do, you know, like uh, you know my Scooter Sunday, my Snowy Sunday videos, and other a couple other things I've done. Uh, and I didn't keep up with it, so uh, I'll get into that in here in a little bit towards the end of this. Um, but anyway, uh, it was nice to attend that. Uh, so the newer video uh, did not win any awards or prizes at the X96 Film Festival, which was held uh, February 22nd, uh, anyway. Um, but it was fun to see, be in person and to watch and hear the reaction in person by, you know, almost 400 people. Um, who attended. So, I've done a good amount of it like I said. I've done a good amount of video work. Uh, but uh, not, haven't done much in the last 4 years. You know, I know some some of the people I talk with, you know, they um, you know, they they've they mentioned, "Hey, you should do scooter Sundays again." I know. I really love my scooter Sunday videos. So, so this was good to get back into making videos again. Um, I've upgraded from using Final Cut Express 4 to Final Cut Pro uh 10 uh, 10. 10 dot, 2.3, which is so much better, more fluid, so much easier to use. It also helps that I finally have a Mac that is now up to date for video editing. So uh, last year, last August, I bought a uh, 27-inch iMac 2015 model, 3.3 gigahertz quad-core i5. Um, just need to upgrade the RAM on it. So, uh, so here's to a kick in my butt to get me making videos again mixing up first amendment rights want to leave feedback email podcast at banaleakage.com thank you for listening and as always if you can't be specific just be random